Verse Chorus Universe DL here. How is everybody? Hope you're well. Hey, before this starts, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the teams, the labels, and the bands that gave us rights to play their music. In no particular order, that was Yola Tango, Kalala, In Flames, and Black Belt Eagle Scout. Thank you so much for letting us play your music. It means a lot that we get to put that sound there with that review so they can kind of get a a real small glimpse into what might be. A reminder that just because our reviews might not be all positive, because there is a bit of who are we to get the rights to some of these that we didn't give great reviews for, it's just our opinion. And I am the first to admit that our opinions are probably wrong. And we usually disagree with each other. I think that's a very healthy thing. So again, thank you so much for letting us play your music, particularly to Black Belt Eagle Scout, that team and the label there. I have the vinyl. I will advocate for that album, particularly the vinyl. Great one to own with a beautiful booklet that I just think is a whole encompassing art project that you need to experience in order to really understand the album, or at least try to. I guess we'll get with the episode now. Cheers, everybody. Coming up on Verse Course Verse, I hope you guys brought some tomato juice because we have a few real skunks that are joining us tonight. <laughs> That's next. Welcome to Verse Course Verse. I am DL. (laughs) I reached on that one a little bit, but I'm okay with it. With me is Rachel. Give me a female lead singer or give me death polio. Rachel, how are you doing today? So good. So many female lead singers. (laughs) Also with us is Evil Jealous. He didn't think of the name Black Belt Eagle Scout first. Jimmy, (laughs) Evil, how are you today? I am craving a red beer or Bloody Mary now that you mentioned tomato juice. I would take either right now. I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in a long time. It's been too long. I feel like I haven't seen your faces. Rachel, what's new? Oh, gosh, so much. This shirt. Wait, hold on. It's a strawberry with guns. This is a strawberry. He's got guns. Rachel's got the dad joke of the night. She's wearing it. So far. <laughs> Evil, same question. How have you been besides busy? Busy? Went to Phoenix. It was rainy there. Fucking Phoenix what? was rainy. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Camping or resorting? Resorting. Nice. No, uh, airbnb V VRBOing. <laughs> I stayed, uh, saw some cool stuff. Saw uh, one of Frank Lloyd Wright's places. Like, like one of his actual homes, not one that he built, one that he actually lived in. You saw a really fucking badass music museum too. Very cool. Music Instruments Museum. Yeah. Mim, I think that place was fucking awesome. It's a bit overwhelming. So what's uh, the actual name of it? A music Instruments Museum, I think. M-I-M. But yeah, it's fucking cool. They had instruments from all over the globe. Regions, countries. There was just so... It's like all museums. There's just so fucking much to digest. Yeah. Um, but then they had this like special room that you go in. And that's where all the Prince stuff was. And Clapton stuff. And Hendrix Man. stuff. See fucking... 
Prince's gold microphone and his white piano and God damn. his green suits. And that was fucking awesome. And then the guitar that uh, Clapton wrote fucking Layla on, I mean, mm-hmm. and recorded Layla on. And it was beat the fuck up. The fretboard was all worn out. I mean, he played that guitar. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That's really fucking cool. <laughs> we are here today doing our first quarter quick fire reviews. First one of the year. Come to find out, you guys, I did a little bit of a straw poll from some listeners, and this was fairly consistently one of our most popular consistent episodes. This Fabulous. is one of the favorites that we do. This it is was a fun consistently one. one of our consistent episodes? Consistently, yeah. Yes. It is consistent. <laughs> consistently of our consistent episodes, it was consistent. I'm glad we're holding up uh, the status quo. Before we start, though, when I did reach out, I had... A couple people actually ask separately, and I'm going to start with you, Evil. Yeah. I promise you this is not trying to catch you guys and then fire you. (laughs) This is... I (laughs) Look, all three of us have been, it seems like, extremely busy this year. And the chatter is... Mm -hmm. The VCV chat pile has been a little neglected this year, I've got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Which is all of our faults. We're just fucking busy. But... Evil, the question arose, how do you go about studying for these specific ones? And particularly this year when we're busy as shit, like, were you a once through on all these? Did you listen to them in order? Like, how did you, how did you study for this? I I usually listen to them in order, however it comes to us. I try to listen to each album at least once, take some notes or, or earmark some thoughts. And then I'll go back and be like, okay, this needs more attention. This needs more attention. I don't necessarily listen to all albums more than once because sometimes I listen to them like that's enough for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or it'll be an album where I'm like, I like this. I'm going to listen to this album more in the future. So I'm going to set it aside because I want to come back to it and I, I'll give more attention to some of the other stuff. Uh, I try to listen in different environments. So I try to listen yeah. to stuff as background music, which often doesn't work out very well. I try to listen on a walk where I'm not like preoccupied with anything else. And then I'll just sit down and, and listen to like some specific tracks. I like to look at credits for the album and some other stuff and learn about the artists yeah. if I don't know anything about them at all. I feel like for this episode, A, I feel like there was a lot to learn about these artists. Yeah. Uh, most of these artists I didn't really know much of anything about. Yeah. I feel personally like there are a good amount of albums on here that I'm not really a fan of that I feel like in half a year, I'm going to be like wanting to hear it again. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Rachel, same question. Do you listen to them in order and how much time do you give these albums? This round, I actually, like the second that you sent us the list, I made a Spotify Quickfires playlist to All listen 10 to. Albums? So I've had that going for- Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just so they're easier to find and I can remember which one we're covering. And so I started listening to them a while ago, really casually. I had a lot of mindless data entry-ish stuff at work recently. And so I, I was able to actually listen at work. I sit with music. I turn on the TV and have the lyrics on the TV. And then on my computer, I'll have my notes on one side. And then I will have Explorer open and then just looking up the stuff about the artist and their lives because I go into the unimportant rabbit holes of who they've dated and like who they've collaborated with and who that person that they've collaborated with has dated and you know Look out, it's TMZ. Just a, a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. These might be my favorite episodes to do, but we can't get into it yet. We have to start with the most important part of the night. What are we drinking? 
most important part of the day. Oh, what are we drinking? It's daytime. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Saturday, so we can still get our drink on. We can still get our drink on. Damn, Skippy. Let's start with Evil. Uh, I've only seen water so far. Well, I, yeah, I am drinking today? water. And tonight I'm, I'm drinking whiskey. So mm. I got to go a little easy today. And I think this is a first. I don't know if I've ever had a, an actual beer while we've recorded. Ooh. I don't I don't think I didn't think not you unless we're in beer. person I'm having a pint mm. I'm gonna have Look a pint of, of Guinness that looks like Guinness it's a Guinness mm. it's nice. my favorite light beer <laughs> <laughs> I mean seriously it's like four point whatever yeah 4. 2, it's very something low like percentage that. yeah compared mm-hmm. I mean that's less than like you know domestic like a Budweiser or a whatever Coors yeah the non-light versions I mean it's my favorite light beer and they're delicious. There was a can sitting in the pantry. I think Megan made stew or something with Guinness a while back. And I'm like, I'll drink a Guinness today. There was about a year and a half stint to my life where the only two things that I drank were Guinness and uh, Jaeger. Together? It just, I mean, <laughs> that's just what I drank. Like, it's usually shots. Yeah. I don't remember very much of that year. But <laughs> both of those, because Jaeger's not uh, high alcohol content either. Nope. But when you drink enough of it, oh, it yeah. does get you drunk. I promise. <clears throat> Rachel... What are you drinking? It's finally nice here in Idaho. The weather is warming up and it almost feels like spring. So I made... Assholes. Um, <laughs> is it not nice there? It's been pouring rain for fucking two weeks straight. It's never going to fucking stop. This is We're at that point in Washington right now. Anyway, sorry. Oh. Go ahead. This isn't about me. This is about you. <laughs> I made an Italian soda. Some soda water, vanilla, and some 44 North. Huckle- what accent was that? Soda water. Uh, I want to say Boston. Is what that yeah. No, no. What was it? <laughs> I'm not Boston. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's vanilla uh, soda water, uh, 44 North, huckleberry, and a little bit of cream. No, that sounds really good, yeah. actually. Nice and refreshing. So I'm going to touch on this now. Look, I'm drinking Coors Light, and here's why. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> that was, I'll cut that out. Nerd. <laughs> evil yeah, like <light> <laughs> that's uh <laughs> i know what you were doing so i wanted to give this a try i'm not a huge rum guy but i want to be correct me if i'm wrong evil but to me if you're a, a cocktail person rum is kind of the i don't want to say advanced stage it's vexing yes mm-hmm. there's so many angles that you can go with it and it's yeah. such a funky flavor yeah that you really well, have to well and there are so many different types of rum too like you know, yes. Pogo, like it's like Smith and Cross, because that's completely different than fucking Sailor Jerry. You know, they're they're yeah. they're all over the place. So I'm trying to find a really good rum drink this year, but I also have decided this year that I'm pretty much only going to drink Palomas. <laughs> so I've found a flamingo, which is essentially a Paloma, but with rum instead of tequila. So I have lime. Simple syrup, grapefruit, soda, some grapefruit. Is it three plantation? Is it just plantations or is three it three star? Three star. Plantation three star. That's good. I was going to ask. Wait, that's a good like light rum for, for that drink. Yeah. Nice. That's my go-to for light. I've always just, just funky enough, yep. but not crazy yep, for that's me. That's good. I uh, think they make that specifically for cocktails. I mean, I know. <laughs> those spirits that was designed I know. for cocktails. I know that. <laughs> you didn't know that. The fist pump is uh, betrays you. <laughs> That's what we're drinking. Flamingo, a Guinness, and a Italian soda with Huckleberry. We got uh, 10 albums that we got to review. So, so let's albums. go ahead and take a break. We will be right back. 
piss me off. I'm gonna bring a fucking can. <laughs> we are back. Ten albums. We gotta get into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. We can't yet. Why? We have some pre stuff we gotta do first. Shots. Shots. Knigets. Oh right. <laughs> you know what? I will start because I know my answers already. Because it's not fucking rocket surgery here. <laughs> we all have to rocket pick rocket surgery. <laughs> yeah. It's like brain science. Exactly. You guys are idiots. We have to pick what each other's favorite of these 10 are going to be. I'm starting because the answer for evil is in flames and the answer for Rachel is Paramore. I'd respect them <laughs> if they had different answers, but I don't think they do. <laughs> so that's <laughs> Interesting. Those are my answers for them in flames and Paramore. Rachel, what are each of our favorite albums david black belt eagle scout it's a good name man evil gorillas evil gets the gorillas definitely one of us are definitely right it's either gorillas or in flames i don't know i don't know uh, evil what about you uh for i said i'm gonna be wrong i think i'm just gonna be wrong <laughs> that's all for right. you i said paramore <laughs> and for rachel i said kelala is that how you pronounce her name Kalila? i think it's kelala <laughs> it feels like kalala I think it's Kalala. Yeah, anyway, whatever. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> now we have to pick which album is going to get the highest score overall. Reminder for all of our listeners, what we do on this is we have six minutes to talk about each album. At the end of that, we each give our favorite song and we give two thumbs up being the highest, two thumbs down being the lowest. You can give no thumbs. We'll go right back to Evil. Which album is going to get the highest score? Paramore. So Evil must have liked Paramore. Mm. Hmm. Uh, Ray I'm not going to say whether or not that was my choice before I heard your pick for Rachel or not. <laughs> <laughs> Strategy. He doesn't know well, me. Well, just so you know, Evil, the fucking red picture with the person behind her, that's Haley Williams. That's the Paramore lead singer. Oh. She's a large fan. Okay. Rachel, who do you think will have the highest score out of these 10? I picked In Flames. Rachel's going for that ass-kissing I love metal thing again. <laughs> this week. Wait till Friday. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, she's going to lose all her metal friends next week on the YouTube. <laughs> we are all fucking over the place, and I now feel like I'm probably going to lose this because I said 10,000 Gex. That's the one That's a good I guess. think will have the highest score. So now we got to do lowest. Which album is going to get all of the low thumbs? I am going with Yola Tango. Let's go back to it. Rachel, what about you? I said Kalalalela. <laughs> Evil. Only because it's Evil. Better change oh, around a couple man. answers and tell me what the lowest. Uh, Sorry, Evil. The lowest? I'll say uh, Sam Smith. It's also a good guess. Okay, one more question before we get started. I just want to know because this one was so fucking interesting to me, these 10. Rachel, I'll start with you. Did yeah. you absolutely love or absolutely hate? You don't have to name anything, but just yes or no. Did you absolutely love any of these albums? Did you absolutely hate any of these albums? Love, no. Hate, yep. <laughs> That's a good answer. Evil, same question. I loved a couple. Oh. I was surprised by a couple. I didn't hate any of them. If I could sum up this group of 10 albums with one word, it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking 
so bored by this music. Yeah. Let's get to it, guys. Let's start with our first album, which we do have the rights to, ladies and gentlemen. The album is Raven by Kalella. I'm going to start each one of these giving three prominent uh, publications scores. Oh, fun. Okay. And then we'll go into the shit. The three that I'm going to be reading off uh, score-wise from now on from the major publications are Pitchfork, Guardian, and the ever-important and honorable Needle Drop. That gives us a nice round space of the extremely important people that talk about albums. Pitchfork gave this an 8.4, calling it a masterful display of tension and release. Guardian gave this a 4 out of 5. And the ever-important and honorable Needle Drop gave it a strong 6. I will start with this one. This is a good lo-fi album. This is not a good album. There are songs on this that I backgroundy are nice. Run, Closure, Contact, Conceptually, they're good. Also, these are songs that I would have really liked in my early 20s. I have zero interest in them now. Absolutely zero. I bartended at a club in Reno for a while. It was a 24, well... It, it shut down when we were too drunk to count anymore. So usually by like 4 a.m. It was a pretentious kind of uppity club. Cool, super dressed up people drinking Stella Artois back when Stella was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have like hip 50s art movies playing in the background. And this is the type of music that would be playing very, very, very loudly in yeah. the club. I picked up like 90s progressive r&b vibes mm. i picked up like sade vibes oh yeah and then i Good pull. i've come to find out she's covered a sade song she covered mm. like a tattoo i fucking love this album oh i thought it was great awesome as background music but also just listening to it i'm like i dug it she's a great singer i liked it it wasn't offensive to me like some of the fucking music I'm going to talk about <laughs> later. It was generally enjoyable. I liked the the layered vocals. I liked the bass lines. Some moments that reminded me of some of the music done by like Burial. Like there was like this oh. weird drum and bass thing that I... Super spacey. You wouldn't think that... I, yeah, you wouldn't mm -hmm. think that I would like that kind of music, but I do from time to time. I don't know if I'm going to listen to it a ton post this quickfire, but... I'm not opposed to it. So when you earlier mentioned a lot of these albums that I might want to come back to in a few months, this might be one of those for me. This album was not for me. It was real, yeah. like you said, just really slow backgroundy music, music that I would hear in a sushi restaurant or having sex. <laughs> These are the only reasons I would ever listen to this music because <laughs> it's slow and boring and it's not my vibe. That said, it wasn't bad. It was just not at all for me. There were, like you said, there's some really good points, but for the most part, it was real meh. Understandable. So this is from the label Warp. It is a little over an hour long. Another one of the big, I don't want to say problems with this album, but one of the things that maybe made it a little weaker for me was the fact that two or three of the songs that I really, really liked on it were the last songs on the album. Mm. Fooly is this super, like kind of what Evil is talking about, incredibly spacey, minor to major, really cool percussion attempts. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sword Bay has has amazing synth resolution, particularly towards the end. There are soundscapes on this that I just, on the second half that work way better for me. Do you think an album like this should be an hour or do you think, do you think it should be shorter or do you like the fact that something like this that you might have on in the background is mm. 62 minutes? I like the way you framed that because my initial response was no, no album. But to your point, if it's going to be played sort of like passively, if you're listening to it in the background, then maybe longer is okay. 
okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel strongly about it either way. I think longer is fine. It felt, yeah, it said. felt long. That's also what it she said. It did feel long. <laughs> I don't think that this is a, an album to be listened to actively, so I think the length of it doesn't really matter. You don't partake in any sort of marijuana, do you, Evil? No, not really. Not my thing. Not really? That makes it sound like... <laughs> no, my point... I, I often think as a music lover that there are frequently albums that if i still smoked pot like i did back in the day that i would probably like them a lot fucking more this is one of those that, that makes sense i didn't have to ask rachel because i know <laughs> oh i love like sludgy like stoner metal yeah a fucking lot the sore corrosion of conformity sleep sleep yeah one of my favorite albums in that vein is the first album by down which is like a super group it's like mm-hmm. I've loved that album since it came out. I think it was like 1995. I listened to it actually on the marijuana, probably <laughs> in 2010 or 11. And I was like, oh, oh my God, now it's, it's I even get it. better. Yeah. But I, I already loved it. It's like, I don't need to be altered to like that kind of music, but it was just like, like oh. But it couldn't help. fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God. For me, Kelly. the best song on the album is either Fooly or Happy Ending. I liked both of them equally. I did put on here, if I still did drugs, I think I'd like this way more. I gave it no thumbs. Depending on a couple more listens, they could end up down, they could end up up. I'm not sure. Uh, Evil, what about you? Best songs, because I, I like the way they go together, is Let It Go and On The Run. I really like the transition between the two, and I like both songs probably equally. One thumb up for me. I'll give it one and a half. Ooh, I like this. One and that's a half practically thumb two thumbs. All right. Favorite song. Missed call. Let's go with that. I don't care. Uh, no offense. They all were very similar to me. And so I didn't pick one. And I, I was listening to this and I was rewarding myself with M&Ms. So each, after each song, I got an M&M and I was really like, this will keep me going. Jesus and about Christ. halfway through, I was like, I don't care about the M&Ms anymore. Can we listen to something else? Aww. Surprisingly enough, I gave it one thumb though. They tried. It just wasn't for me. You gave it one thumb up? Yeah. Your rating system makes no fucking oh, sense. that's whatsoever. very confusing. Points don't Um, matter. (laughs) Thank you very much, Kalela. Thank you very much, Kalela. Let's get to our second (laughs) album of the night, which we also have the rights to. Yay! Black Belt Eagle Scouts, The Land, The Water, and The Sky. The three amazing publications that rated this Pitchfork giving it a 7.5, calling it patient cinematic indie rock. Guardian did not review it. And the ever important on honorable and honorable need. I did not realize how hard that was going to be to say every fucking time. And the ever important and honorable needle drop also did not review it. Hmm. Uh, This is pretty indie. Evil. So I have to frame my reactions to all of this music. This group of albums is under a higher level of scrutiny because it's in a time period where some of my fucking favorite music has been released. Mm. And so everything's getting compared to the three unearth tracks that are out right now. And that fucking guitar solo that Nuno released on everybody. So <laughs> that's the, the frame in which I'm looking at everything. This album, I love the production. I like the sound. I like kind of the Northwest vibes it's got going. The first track builds into this like awesome crescendo, making me want more. And then for me, the album just fucking goes nowhere. And it's super repetitive and droning. And like I said earlier, boring. And it just fell flat for me. It's the land, which is like earth, 
The water, which is water, the sky will say that's air. This fucking shit needs more fire. It's missing fire. (laughs) (laughs) That's it built up. I did like that first track and then it went nowhere for me after that. And that's going to be a recurring theme through the rest of this episode. Oh, poor episode. I got Stockholms with this. Like the more I listened to it, the more I started to like it. I think it was because it was the order of operations of which I listened. I listened to the Kalila first and it was very sleepy. And so going into this, which was barely above very sleepy, <laughs> I didn't love it. But the more I read on her, the the artist, the meaning behind the songs and really dug into the lyrics, I actually started to like it a little bit more. And there was a lot of simplicity in a lot of the lyrics, not very mm-hmm. creatively written, maybe in, in not an insulting way, not complex But I really, I generally hate that. I liked it for some reason. It worked really well with what she was trying to communicate. And I love that she's singing to an audience. The story was very much of, this is the music I needed when I was a kid. I wanted to see somebody like me singing. And so I'm singing for you. I I enjoyed this. I thought it was good. Yeah. So Black Belt Eagle Scout, otherwise known as Catherine Paul, is been on my radar for about a year now. And I was looking forward to this album coming out. She is Pacific Northwest, born and bred. And this album is all about her going back to her people's land, basically. This is all about her trek back to... She's a Swinomish indigenous person. She went back to really get a feel for her land, reconnect with her ancestor spirits, all that stuff that frankly people like me are just don't fucking understand. But because of that, I've always been completely fascinated with that sort of thing. I agree with Evil that this at times can be a very hard listen because of how slow it is. I think this is an incredibly mood specific album. And I also think we talk frequently about how I'm probably not necessarily the target audience for this and i'm probably not Mm -hmm. but that said i really really enjoyed this it is my kind of album it does have some early 90s slater kinney in there that i really dig Mm -hmm. also okay the vinyl too so i pre-bought the vinyl so i didn't even know what it was going to sound like but it comes with this little booklet too that while you're listening to the album she has this little booklet that tells this kind of story and has pictures of her walking through her land and picking berries and just doing just this cool kind of all-encompassing experience That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was really, really amazing. I also really loved some of the lyrics on this. Yeah. I know you speak through me. I feel it in the sound of water touching all the rocks. Mm -hmm. No one can take this moment away because my blood runs through this land. That's just really fucking cool to me. This also has a very Mazzy Star feel too. And I've always been a Mazzy Star guy. I agree. I fucking dug it. One of the other things that I really love about this album is that this album is incredibly sad. I don't know that if you're coming out with an album like this trying to reconnect with land where there really isn't much land anymore as an indigenous person Mm -hmm. how that's not going to be a fucking sad album but this album isn't ever (sighs) pity searching this album isn't asking for empathy or do this to save the whatever it's not it's her very confidently saying that you can't kill water running over rocks you can't kill wind going through trees Mm -hmm. i'm always going to have that there's something very very fucking cool about that evil Mm -hmm. thumbs and favorite song like i said opening track my blood runs through this land and then unfortunately the fire went out for me after that uh i gave it one thumb down Yikes! rachel what about you (laughs) two thumbs up 
Yeah. With a, with I'm a, not sure about a face? <laughs> with a mechanical pencil. Oh. No, I'm just sad. Uh, I'm sad that Evil didn't like it. I did give this two thumbs up. I do think it's conceptually, it's fantastic. It's beautiful and mood specifically especially if you have the vinyl in your ex- I don't know and there's nothing I can sound after that that isn't going to sound douchey so two thumbs up if you have the vinyl in the additional booklet exactly you read with the the read-along book and you hey with the flavor okay so <laughs> we've got three three thumbs right yeah I can count thank you Black Belt Eagle Scout great stuff there Let's move on to number three, Lol Yachty. Let's start here. Pitchfork gave it a six, saying that the soul and psych rock runs aground. Guardian didn't review it. Rolling Stone did, but you have to pay to read it, so fuck them. <laughs> oh. And the ever important and honorable needle drop gave it a light to decent seven. Lil Yachty, this is Lil Yachty's fifth studio album. Um, And it is a non-rap album. So he went kind of for a psychedelic rock vibe on this one. And it is very different from anything that he's put out before. This is great music to do LSD and sit around to. Do kids still do LSD? Question mark. This is what what we were talking about before. If drugs were involved in music, this album would have been better. I appreciate the effort so much on this. I did not love, love, love the album, but I do... Good job. Good job trying something new. That's a, an artist for you, not sticking with the exact same thing that they know and actually reaching outside of their their normal box. There were a couple points that I was kind of into. There was kind of a disco thing going on with running out of time. I've officially lost vision. There was a point where it sounded mm. like rage, and I feel like you should re-listen to it. Say Something had a music video that went out with it, and I'm not a big... I try not to love the singles too much. But the music video added really well to the imagery Mm. of the story of that song of like sitting and trying to get something out of somebody during a conversation. And so loved it. Anyway, pretty good album for what it was, I think. I agree that this is great music to sit around and do LSD to and shit. In (laughs) fact, I loved doing that at one point in my life with this album back when it was Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, shit. It was fucking fantastic. (laughs) Going into song one, this wasn't even like, let's do a Pink Floyd-y type of thing. He fuck. This is fucking Pink Floyd. This is Pink fucking Floyd. Sorry, I didn't even put in my notes. I don't even remember what. It's a song off Dark Side of the Moon. Probably one of the first two songs. But it's it's fucking Pink Floyd. I couldn't believe when I looked and I saw that they didn't have to get rights to anything. You know why? Because this is fucking Pink Floyd. <laughs> I had two parts of this review, honestly, and this is how I was when I first listened to it. I did kind of warm up to it after I listened to it a few more times. It is a little bit fresh in comparison to what it's coming out with. I warmed up. I still, here's the first time that I'm going to talk about this. Can we fucking stop with the goddamn auto-tune? Like, <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. That's fair. This is fucking Pink Floyd with shitty Sopranos in auto-tune. Tenor, sorry. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> Pink Floyd with some guy going, hi, hi. It's fucking dumb. I don't- That's pretty I, good. Thank you. Is that very. <laughs> There are very few artists that can pull a style like this off. I wrote down The Weeknd does a pretty good job of it. Pharrell does a good job, but that's because he writes his own shit. 
He doesn't steal it from fucking Pink Floyd. I sorry, evil. Uh, I'm gonna let you talk now. <laughs> I was like, kind of rubbing my hands together, like, oh, I get to hate listen to an album, <laughs> and then it, it's like so completely not what I was expecting. What in the fuck is going on here? And it's not good. I'm not gonna say that this is good, but it surprised me in an enjoyable way by not being at all what I was expecting. And I actually kind of vibed to it a little bit. The opening track gave me like vibes to the opening of the the movie, animated movie, Heavy Metal. It gave me like, oh my God, <laughs> like Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. Kinda, you know? And so I, I like was thinking positively of it. But then of course the auto-tune is super fucking annoying. It's not like Post Malone levels of annoying, but it's annoying. It's the whole fucking album. Well, it's, it, and so I, I look at credits. It's got like 26, 27 people listed. All music yeah. has 46 fucking people listed <laughs> in the credits for making this album. 46. Yeah. That's seven shy of a fucking NFL squad roster. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it first listen was positive. And then after that, it kind of faded a bit for me. I do like that. It was completely not what I was expecting. I do enjoy that. I like that surprise yeah. in this group of fucking boring ass albums. It was nice to be surprised a little <laughs> bit. The reason I picked this, cause this never would have been on my radar, but this did get a lot of Instagram love and a lot of this is album of the year contender sort of shit i don't know about that rachel favorite song and thumbs say anything i thought that one was great um thumbs they gave it one and a half <laughs> i appreciated the effort yeah i know it's hard to press record and play a pink floyd song <laughs> i gave it two thumbs down obviously this is Ooh. this is a good one song shtick but this fucking sucked guys you think it deserves no credit whatsoever two thumbs directly down i was the worst score you can give it yeah okay Okay. that's fair it is pressing play on a mix and mastered thing that he had nothing to do with which is stealing Mm -hmm. from 60s artists and then doing shitty auto-tune slow singing to it it's terrible that's just one person's correct opinion evil what about you (laughs) what was your favorite song oh Oh, fuck yeah reach the sunshine actually there's you know paint the sky the zone that's the thing like if i heard one song of this guy i'd be like okay not fucking 16 or whatever's on here (laughs) it is too long best song i picked and the reason why is going to be really silly the bass line i'm like fuck i've heard this reminds me of something the song is running out of time and the bass line reminds me of the riff to the Ani DeFranco song, Napoleon. It's, <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's not quite the same notes, but it's got a similar progression and cadence to it. And I'm like, fuck it, that's, that'll be it. I gave it one thumbs up because it surprised me and I deserve being surprised. You deserve yes, being surprised? I did because right. I was not surprised by a lot of this fucking shit that we had to listen to. That takes us to number four, which we do have the rights to, Foregone by In Flames. None of those three, Pitchfork, Guardian, Needle Drop, none of them reviewed it. Only Metal Idiots. Places reviewed it. No one dared to give it anything but a glowing review. Imagine that. After listening to this once and then twice, I had to go online because I don't know enough about In Flames. I know that they are one of the founders of a specific type of metal. Basically, pretty much helped found the whole Swedish metal movement. Yep. 
when I read reviews, it made sense to me and I felt a little better because they were pretty much all glowing. Most of the tendency was this is them going back to their roots or their... I didn't love this. I thought there's incredible musicianship. Obviously the drums, it, because it's a fucking good metal band, the drums are going to be amazing. The guitar's amazing. There's something very death metal into uh, almost fucking screamo mm -hmm. choruses mm. that really fucking threw me off. Because when I heard In Flames, all fucking evil talks about are inflamed and unearthed. So when I think In Flames, I'm thinking, okay, this is the heaviest of the fucking heavy. And all of a sudden they cut into these choruses that are a little, little dainty for metal, <laughs> if you will. Dainty. Uh, <laughs> but progressions through this album work fucking amazingly. Chorus of Slow Decay is amazing. The intro of the album with the acoustic, it's very... Uh, this just didn't surprise me. It seemed almost a little copy-pasty. And I am sorry, evil, uh, go ahead. This is good metal. It's not great metal. It's oh, no. Oh, poor evil. Mediocre in flames. It's... <laughs> okay in flames whoa it's i think probably their best album since a sense of purpose which was the last album they recorded with jesper stromblad some of it sounds like come clarity which is my favorite in flames album which is kind of like like right in the middle of their career i would say here's the thing by itself i probably would have really dug this but i have two points of comparison <laughs> in unearth who worship in flames buzz from unearth is is a better flag carrier of old in flames than current in flames is <laughs> and then last year's album by the halo effect who are basically all ex in flame members mm -hmm. they made an album of that old style this is not in flames going back to the roots there's some really fucking good stuff on this album i'm not going to deny it yeah it's missing some personality chris broderick is one of the fucking greatest guitar players on the planet. This is his first album with them. His guitar solos are, are fucking shredding, but it doesn't have the personality. When listening to interviews from in the Halo Effect, Nicholas England, one of the guitar players, he's like, it was just a bunch of friends getting together. They didn't really have any, that, that was kind of what they were going to do. He's like, maybe we can get the wizard, who's Jesper, mm -hmm. because he, Jesper's not like the main songwriter or anything like that, but he's like one of those musicians whose taste is his superpower. He like sprinkles <laughs> the, a little bit of melody here and there, or let's let's rearrange this piece right here. It's like the seasoning to a really good meal. You know, it's like he's the fucking salt bay of In Flames. <laughs> Without him, it's missing just a something. It's missing this little something that if that were in there, this might be a fucking phenomenal album. Without that, it's it's pretty good. I will listen to some of these songs moving forward. Whereas I can't say that about some of the most recent In Flames albums. Pretty good metal. It's like okay In Flames. Rachel, our now resident metalhead, <laughs> what'd yes. you think of this album? In listening to the first song, it is very pretty. And I thought, this is a trick because I looked at the cover of the album. I <laughs> honestly didn't really think of the name because I don't really listen to metal on a regular outside of this basis. And then I listened to the second song and I was like, yep, this that was a trick. I have not listened to any other In Flames before. So I am judging this no. just against it. Shut up. Uh, just against itself. <laughs> I and I thought it was really great. And so it was kind of hard to hear Evil Bash, my new favorite metal band. <laughs> You're so full Whoa, of shit. Hold on, hold on. If you think this is great, I'm fucking so happy for you because... Did you really? Yes, you can. I will send you my notes. 
no, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was great. And especially compared, because there was so much slow, I think the juxtaposition of all the slow stuff. Oh, like and a, then hearing finally this, something. I was like, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> little Yachty didn't slap because it did. But um, but there was so much good stuff in here. And I really, I also liked the transitions between like, are they singing a magical? Are they screaming? Like, what's going on here? What's going to come up next? I don't know. Anders is a great vocalist. He, he, he is. Yeah. Ah, man, I'm happy for you because there is, if you like this, mm-hmm. oh, I have some in flames to show you. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think you would really like Come Clarity. That's what um, she said. I'm, <laughs> David yeah. James. I'm going to be harder on this album than the rest of the, the nine mm-hmm. in this group. This is my shit right here. See, I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought they could come out with like a steaming pile no, of shit. And no, like, no, 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 this no, is no, fucking no, no. fantastic. No, because they set such a fucking high bar with their earlier work. And there are other bands doing stuff in that vein at a high level that I expect even greater things from in flames, mm. a band like in flames, even though they're a metal band and still to the point that the outlets that were, we picked didn't review them. They're still underground because of metal and they're still fucking death yeah. metal. But they're yeah. a big death metal band, band, and they've had a lot of success and a big career. So they have, it's not totally metal by numbers, but they have like a formula that they have to sort of, you know, I, I'm sure studios are involved and like, hey, you need to write some hits and, and you, yeah. Yeah. And when you are sort of revered as the forefather of a whole fucking musical genre, it's hard to live up to that. Cough Metallica. We're going to talk about that in a week. Yeah. You know, they're in a, in a tough spot. We're at like nine minutes. All right. I'll shut up. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I like the fucking album, but not it's. You wanted to like it more. Always within flames. Best song for me by far was Bleeding Out. I thought that song was spectacular. <sighs> Yeah. I gave it no thumbs. This is one of those albums I was talking about that I could want to listen to it again in three months and be like, yeah, or be like, nope, I was right. There were a couple albums on this list that I had a really fucking hard time concentrating on. It was really not keeping my attention. So no thumbs. Uh, Evil. Here's the thing with In Flames album. I always hate the newest In Flame album. Always. And then when I listen to the newest Inflame album, I listen to like some of the previous ones and I'm like, oh, you're like me with Interpol. Exactly. There's songs oh. on the albums previously that I hated that I'm like, oh, fuck, that was a good song. Or oh, there, there's going to yeah. be a lot of those on this album. State of Slow Decay. I could pick The Great Deceiver. I could even pick the fucking stupidly named A Dialogue in B flat minor, but I'm going <laughs> to pick Meet Your Maker. I really, I like that track quite a bit. I'm assuming Chris Broderick played that solo it was fucking awesome i gave it one and a half thumbs up i will probably look back on it more fondly than i'm viewing it right now because being in flames they just have it's going to be under so much scrutiny because of my past with the band and how i feel about their whole catalog rachel i also picked leading out as my favorite song i thought it kind of sounded like a video game at the front of it and that was kind of fun and i gave it two thumbs up exclamation point Hmm. this is a ruse she's like She's gaslighting me. This this whole episode, she's just <laughs> bullshitting everybody. <laughs> Sorry. Last album before we take a break. We've got the completely normal and not at all weird 100 Gex, 10,000 Gex. Pitchfork. <laughs> 
gave this an 8.2, saying two savants making pop music sound absurdly fun. Guardian gave it four out of five stars. I don't, I've never read Guardian, but you're going to see a pattern. That's Guardian's third four out of five stars or whatever. And then the ever important and honorable needle drop gave it a light eight. Evil, what'd you think about 10,000 Gex? I, I put it on and listened to it. First of all, it's an LP, but it's 28 minutes long or something like that. It's short. Yes. It's LP in name only. Yeah. What in the fuck is this? I love it. I fucking <laughs> love it. It is like weird riffs from Limp Biscuit and Blink-182 and Ska mixed with a fucking kids bop and tiktok music and like this weird like zeph deantward ethos all in a blender <laughs> and mix it up and pour it out and you've got this weird ass shit that is so entertaining i i fucking loved it i listened to this more than anything else one because it was the shortest album and it was just fucking fun to listen to and refreshing and weird and stupid and tongue-in-cheek and irreverent. The fucking, what was the line about sucking on Anthony Kiedis? Yeah, Anthony yeah. Kiedis yeah, is sucking God. on my sucking penis. Sucking on my penis. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. dumb. I love it. I fucking love it. I love this album. It's great. Rachel. I agree. This one was the best. So we had had Manchester Orchestra. And I actually had listened to that one. And when I got dumped, I was like, oh, no, that's kind of sorry. Oh, no, 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 totally fine. But then this got thrown in there. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it was fantastic. <laughs> Loved it. It was so fun. It reminded me of Oliver Tree a little bit. Yeah. Like in yeah. how just kind of ridiculous it was. I don't know if you guys caught it. Dumbest Girl Alive at the very beginning. I was like, what is this? I know what this is. The riff, the guitar riff at the beginning. It's it crazy, crazy train. train. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy train. Yeah. It was so good. It had such a good vibe to it. It was just so much fun, again, against all those slower ambient music albums. Yes. So it was great. Hey, Lil Yachty, it. you want to know how to use fucking auto-tune? <laughs> this is how you use there fucking auto-tune. As yeah. a ridiculous fucking nonsensical thing, this is when you're supposed to use it. Because this album is fucking ridiculous. But yeah. I put down, this is a younger version of the Viagra Boys. Yeah. This is like this yeah. is like a woke bloodhound gang. <laughs> this is different and rambunctious and it's fucking killer. And they didn't say who played bass in it. It's two fucking kids yeah. doing all this shit. Right. I got to tell you, I will frequently, when studying for these, go on to Genius, the lyric website, and just try to get some points of view on mm -hmm. they do a lot of clips of interviews and stuff on what these fucking people are talking about and i went on to look up one million dollars the song one million dollars <laughs> which is the tiktok woman's voice just saying one million dollars over and over and over and that's it if you go on to genius and you look up the song and it all just says one million dollars if you click on it the explanation for the song just has a big fucking stack of money and says, this song is about $1 million. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most fun studying I've had fucking since doing this podcast. I also wrote down the Anthony Kiedis thing. Same. References here I wasn't aware of until looking it up that there's very clear that these people studied a ton of late the dude ranch and the Boston's and follow the leader by corn and, <laughs> Like fucking Brown Primus album. Like, yeah, it's so smart in how stupid it is. Mm -hmm. Like it, yes. these, this duo is fucking brilliant. They're good at what they do. When I first heard this, I thought that they were Eastern European or 
I did not think they were American. They're fucking kids from St. Louis. Yeah, I like it. It's fucking great. <laughs> I keep saying kids. Are they kids? Because they're younger than you. That makes them sure. kids. No, right? they're 20s. That's kids. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And my daughter and I, for the past three days, have been running around the house singing Doritos and Fritos. And it's very, oh, very fun. Fucking Frog on the Floor. That's adorable. Like, that's the reminds, dumbest song I've ever heard in my life. Frog on the Floor <laughs> yes. reminds me of like Presidents of the United States. It reminds yeah. me of. I, I, but it's so catchy. It is I so. I got my tooth removed. Yeah. All right. So I'm so glad that you guys liked this. Oh, I fucking loved yeah. it. I, when I first turned it on, it was very, none of us could have known what to, who no. expects anything no. like this. No, it's fucking great. <laughs> uh, evil favorite song and rating. Uh, Hollywood baby. I could have picked any of the songs on here, honestly, yeah. but Hollywood baby stuck out. It has like a blink 182 vibe and is so irreverent and sing along ish. Two thumbs up for me. Solid two thumbs up. Rachel? I said the best song was, for me, was Billy Knows Jamie. It gave me like these Fred Durst vibes and I was into that. <laughs> uh, I also gave it two thumbs up because it fucking rolled. So. Yeah. David? So I also I also said Billy Knows Jamie. Yay. Uh, this is when I really got the whole follow the leader and a little bit mm. of Bloodhound Gang thing. Yeah. Yeah, two thumbs way up. This is the type of album that I don't even know how much I'd fucking listen to it again. And I'd give it two thumbs way the fuck up. It's so earwormy. I'll yes. listen to this a bunch. This is a good summer, like a good summer album. And yeah, I'm just crank that key to suck it on my piece. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is going on the wedding music playlist. Break that key to suck it on my Oh, penis. we've got five down, five to go. We're going to take a break. Oh, we'll be no. right back. <laughs> are back hey guess what everybody what we've got five more albums we're halfway done and that's all and that's it next album is this stupid world by yola tango we do have the rights to this ladies and gentlemen so thank you for that Guardian gave this four out of five stars. The ever important and honorable needle drop gave this a light to decent five. And Pitchfork gave it an 8.5, calling it, and I quote, their liveliest album in at least a decade. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. With that, I will go to Rachel. What'd you think of Hyola Tango? Uh... That's what I thought. Evil. What it, no, just kidding. I mean, I had never listened to any Yola Tango before. This was not good. And especially coming off of such fun with 100 Gex, there was nothing exciting about this album. This was written as an instrumental album, and then they added lyrics later. Is that true? That is true. They also, oh, they got together just to jam. And then they're like, oh, everybody has COVID, and now we can't do anything. So I guess we're going to write an album. And then they wrote this. Oh, and so this kind of just explains why this album is not the best album that it could have been. They produced it themselves and mixed it and all the things just while they were bored in their in their places. I did not love this album. 
there were a lot of things working against them for this album. My first note that I wrote on this is holy boringest of boring fucking A. Um, <laughs> this is the same song over and over. And this is, look, I like music that does slow progressions. I'm the big Radiohead guy. I like the adding of a new part every 20 seconds to build and build and create something that's just, we talked earlier about maybe if your mind is being altered by something, it's just going to kick your ass. This is not that. This is exactly what I don't want in fucking seven minute songs. Right. It's just the same driving baseline over and over and over. And it's so funny, Rachel, that you said that about the whole jam thing and everything. I didn't know that, but that's, I wrote that this is great music for band warm up. Mm-hmm. That's what this sounds like. It sounds like a fucking band warming up. The last song is the best one, and I don't even like that. This is a completely uninteresting Modest Mouse. There's something incredibly smug about this. It was a little fun when I was working and completely ignoring it, and for rock and roll, that is not good. Right. I struggled with this one the most because I wanted to like it. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm going to like this album. I'm going to make myself like this album. <laughs> And it was, I, I tried, but it was so <laughs> fucking boring, man. I swear to God, it just, it fucking went nowhere. Yes. Read some of the reviews and people were kind of liking it. Why? Oh Humongously Wondering. critically acclaimed. Yes. Yes. Their most lively album and however I'm like, oh Jesus, I'm definitely not listening to their other stuff. On their liveliest album in at least a decade, Indie Rock's most steadfast institution squares up against ubiquitous darkness. Mm. <sighs> Man, it pitchfork buys the source. Uh, that's it. I, I give up. <laughs> Did you see this is their 17th fucking album? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hellfire. They've been together for a really long time. Yeah. 84. They also are the same label as Interpol. So, hey, Matador, I got the rights to for this. Get your shit together. Oh, die. Because <laughs> Interpol's last album was fucking, went nowhere. It was boring as fuck. This album went nowhere. It's boring as fuck. Not only does it go nowhere, it's so goddamn repetitive. Mm -hmm. The last thing I put on my notes is do not ever let me be the person that listens to this and enjoys it. <laughs> Anybody have anything else? We've got a minute left. Why? That's okay. Let's save it for somebody else. My chamber's empty. <clears throat> Rachel. Yep. Uh, best song and thumbs. Uh, I gave it one and a half up. <laughs> I gave it. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> I did not pick a best song because all of them were horrible. And the thumbs I put meh. So let's just two down. Two down sounds great. Me next. Yeah. Big shocker. I gave it two thumbs down. My favorite song is Until It Happens. There is kind of like a cool demented Chris Isaac sort of thing going oh. on in that song. Yeah, two thumbs down. You don't get to be around for this long and come out with something this mm. unbelievably so fucking comfortable. And yeah. so many critics calling it a fucking masterpiece. It's gross. <laughs> Evil, what about you? <laughs> Opening track, Sinatra Drive Breakdown. I thought maybe it was going to go somewhere, and it didn't. Uh, <laughs> nope. it, cool guitar sounds on that track. Some stuff that made me think a little bit of like Sonic Youth and yeah, <laughs> and then it just to your point just fucking repeated that for the rest of the album. I'm like, well, bleh. <laughs> two a two down for me because I Ooh. I tried. I fucking really tried. I was like, mm -mm. nope. <laughs> well, <laughs> album number seven is Cracker Island by the Gorillas. 
I recorded a YouTube that came out today actually, and I talk about this album a teeny bit in it, and I call it Plastic Beach three fucking times in my drunk ass on the YouTube. So <laughs> Cracker Island by the Gorillas, pretty mediocre to bad reviews. Pitchfork gave it a six point five, which is pretty low for Pitchfork. Guardian gave it, you guessed it, four out of five stars. And the ever important and honorable needle drop gave it a light six. So my initial reaction to this was a big fat yay. Pre-ordered the vinyl, got the vinyl, put it on in my living room, really fucking dug it. It's the gorillas. See, here's the beauty about being the gorillas is there's not just songs. There's a fucking background story. Shit going on that you don't really know about unless you rabbit hole and read it. And then you just kind of, I don't even know anymore if it's the fucking songs or if it's just knowing what the story is with it that I fucking love. I love the concept, a little synth wavy, and it's all about a cult and multiple cults and, you know, Murdoch running a cult in 2D, trying to work their way through a cult. I just love the lore. I thought they did an amazing job with the guest appearances. Guest appearances on this are so, you can tell that they made the song first. They did like a John Paul Jones. They're like, you know what this song needs? This needs like fucking Stevie Nicks in the fucking verse. (laughs) And then they go get her and it sounds fucking unbelievable. I don't think that this album is perfect by any means. I do think it's very slow. I could see where people would call this boring. I enjoyed it. This is my favorite Gorillas album I've listened to probably since Plastic Beach felt too safe to me. I could see Son that. Of a bitch. Uh, I, I called it Gorillas version of Yacht Rock is Ooh. what I called it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it sure. felt like I, and this might be bleed over from all the other shit we had to listen to. It felt very repetitive. The opening track, I, I like Cracker Island. I fucking love Thundercats bass on it, but it oh, felt man. super repetitive. Like that might have been my favorite track. If it wasn't so fucking repetitive, I wasn't wowed by it. And kind of going back to the in flames problem, this band's always going to have to live up to those first two albums for me. Yeah. And this doesn't quite do it. And I didn't have time to poke into the story and do that. And maybe with a deeper dive, I could find more to it that would make it a bit more meaningful, but in the bounds of a quick fire review, it just, it was, I was a little too flat for me. I sort of like it. Definitely don't love it. Rachel. I, didn't love it, but I thought it was just because I am not balls to the wall into gorillas like you boys are. It, it just wasn't as good as the stuff that we've dug a lot deeper into. The guests on it were really, really great and really added. I don't think that they, it wasn't stark to have them on there. They blended very well with the song, with whatever song it was that they were on. Yeah. With Beck and with Bad Bunny. And- with the exception of possibly Bad Bunny, I, it didn't feel like a... Oh, you know who's really hot right now that we need to get to do a song? Right. Mm-hmm. Out of the guests on it, Bad Bunny's really the most hot one right now, I guess. But yeah, it was good. It was gorillas and gorillas are great and they could, you know, shit on a platter and it'd probably be fantastic. But it was just a little bit better than shitting on a platter for me. It Oof. wasn't anything <laughs> fantastic. It wasn't anything because they're so good up. already. <laughs> to Two respond up. to that a little bit, I am not like, okay. There are multiple Gorillaz albums that I think are fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. If the Gorillaz come out with it, I love it. That's not at all how I am. The first album, the second album, and then Plastic Beach are the only albums of Gorillaz that I think are really, really good. Mm. This one, I'm still trying to figure out, but I do think that it's definitely, it might be my third favorite. 
But the bottom line is, is that even saying all that, even with the fucking guests on here are for me, man. The the fu- Booty Brown, Thundercat, fucking Stevie Nicks, Ale, who used to back for fucking Amy Winehouse, Beck. Mm. <laughs> fucking amazing. The bottom line is, is all this did was make me want to listen to the self-titled debut album. And that's what I've been listening to for a yeah. fucking month now. I do think this is really good. There are songs on it that I fucking love. But I can definitely see where people wouldn't like this album. Absolutely. My favorite song, this is actually probably my favorite song out of every single album that we've had on this is Silent Running. And two thumbs up. Wow. I really enjoyed it. Evil. Uh, I really wanted Cracker Island to be my favorite song. But like I said, it was just a little bit too repetitive. Thundercats bass was fucking killer on it, though. So mm-hmm. I went with New Gold with the caveat that I feel like it's more like a Tame Impala song featuring other artists than a Gorilla song featuring <laughs> Tame Impala and Booty Brown. But whatever. It, it, that's a good track. I like it. I gave it 0.75 thumbs up. Like a thumb missing like from the fingernail up. <laughs> uh, Rachel. I said Oil because Stevie Nicks. That's a good song. Um, and I gave it one thumb up. I thought it was they're never horrible, but... Could have done better. Gorillas could have done better. I very much enjoyed it. Evil, little disappointed. Underwhelmed, not disappointed. Underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. Okay. Let's go to album number eight, Sam Smith's Gloria. Believe it or not, we do not have rights to this. What? Fucking sh- What? <laughs> Pitchfork. Fuck you, Sam Smith. Gave it 6.2, saying a trailblazing figure that settles into a well-trotten songwriting. Guardian gave it three out of five stars. Really going out on a limb, Guardian. And the ever important and honorable Needle Drop gave it a strong five. Evil, how much did you love Sam Smith's Gloria OMG? I just said, please no. This, it's... It is so not music for me. It is gross manufactured pop music of the time. That's what it is. It's probably a good version of that. That's terrible music. <laughs> it's, it was a slog. I didn't care to listen to this album at all. I don't really <laughs> want to listen to it again. <laughs> Sam Smith is a, a talented vocal performer, but so are a whole lot of American Idol contestants, you know, but that doesn't mean they're good at music. Yeah. And that's what it feels like to me. It's, it, it's very not for me. Yeah. I think Sam Smith is vocally talented. I've never super enjoyed his music. It is very pop, which I generally like, but for some reason he doesn't do it for me. This album was nothing out of the norm for him. There are some radio hits in here and there are some bangers in there, but this was not really stepping outside of anything he's done before. So I didn't really think it was that great. The only thing that I hate more than famous singers singing I, me songs are when they do it to Mm -hmm. like slow fucking R and (laughs) B. And that's exactly what this is. Unless it's a fucking song about a dad at a strip club with like Middle Eastern. What the fuck is that song? And it's fucking popular. Like people love that shit. This is boring. This is unoriginal. This is mediocre. This is not good. It was refreshing and nice to go look online at reviews. And this did not get very good reviews either. People universally didn't like this. This is the, this is my first experience with Sam Smith. Luckily, hopefully (laughs) my last, 
<laughs> this is just so boring. This is, you know, you watch something and you can, this is the big bang theory of music. Like this is something you watch and you see the joke coming from a fucking mile away. And it's just the, yeah. you're like, how the fuck is this so Wait, popular? Hold on. Let me, let me look and see if Chuck Lorre has a producer credit on this. <laughs> this is so vanilla that it's more offensive than like a fucking snuff film i i fucking hate this um does anybody have anything else can i just read read what you want to read the barrier smashing single unholy the first song by an openly non-binary and trans artist to reach number one on the billboard hot 100 okay maybe i have to edit this out maybe i don't i don't know I kind of don't fucking care anymore. Isn't this song feeding into exactly what bigoted assholes think of the LGBTQ community? 100%. Oh, hey, we've got the first, what was it, non-binary and trans artist. What's he singing about? Oh, he's singing about a fucking dad at a strip club getting fucking head. Oh, great. Okay. What are we celebrating here? Yeah. Uh, you looked way deeper than I did because I, I just said. don't like the music. <laughs> <laughs> or he, Rachel, it's 2023. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why? The best stuff is always yeah. the stuff I have to cut out. I it's know, not fucking fair. I fully understand. I'm not allowed to have an opinion on any of this. And I'm just glad I don't like it so I don't have to. Sure. That's probably what I should have said, but I didn't. That's the, that's the diplomat version of evil right there. I would like to abstain from picking a favorite song. However, I have to pick Unholy because somehow it has over 1 billion fucking streams on Spotify, which just makes so me hate streams. everybody because why? Well, that's obviously yeah. a popular song. I'll pick it as the best song. Nothing memorable for me, so I have to give it two thumbs down because it's just not music for me. The best song I picked was Gloria, which ironically was mostly a choir singing and not Sam Smith. <laughs> I'm gonna, not, I'm key to no thumbs. Not bad nor good. The purgatory of thumbs. The music is fine. I don't like it. And I don't think it's creative for him. It's not. At all. It's just a lot of the same shit he's been doing. I didn't pick a best song, but I can fairly confidently say that I know what my worst song of the year is. And it's <laughs> unholy. So congratulations. We'll see you in the finale, Sam Smith. I gave it two thumbs down. This is a really bad album. With that, we can move to number nine. This is Why by Rachel Polio's Paramore. Pitchfork gave this a 6.3, calling it a monotone vocal and political lyric that don't always play to their strengths. Guardian gave it, you guessed it, a four out of five. <laughs> Weird. Way to and, go, Guardian. And the, <laughs> and the ever important and honorable needle drop gave it a decent eight. Rachel, your favorite band, you go first. So this is their sixth studio album. Last one was released in 2017. I feel like I should have looked at that. But it was I did 2017. Not. Thanks, stats. <laughs> <laughs> Haley had, had said that she'd been listening to a lot of Block Party before they recorded this, before they decided to start recording. And I get oh, that. There it is. Yeah. Light bulb. Okay. Um, and they wanted to bring back the sounds of the early 2000s. And I think that they did that pretty well this was really well received however i miss the 2000s of them they were an early 2000s band yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. The fuck? just trying to bring back 20 <laughs> years ago 
Not yeah. our sound. <laughs> they wanted to do the exact same thing that they were did 20 years ago. And they did. Congratulations. Um, however, they're less angry. I just miss, I know that Haley said some things back in the day that she shouldn't have said. I miss angry, sassy uh, what she say? I don't know this. I, I know very little about this band. It's not a ton. She's a really nice, good person. But there were some lyrics in Misery Business that she had spoken out about. They were super offensive at the time, but nobody said anything until recently. There's a line that says, once a whore, you're nothing more. She's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. I was a kid. <laughs> We're never gonna we're never gonna play that song again, she says in 2018. And then the song picked up on TikTok and then she's like, okay, so we'll play it again. <laughs> I'm just I'm just not gonna sing those lyrics. So she just when those lyrics comes up, she just puts the mic to the audience and then the audience screams whore instead of her. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just miss unhinged Haley. This was good, and the more I listen to it, the more I like it. There's a lot of really beautiful, well-written, thoughtful lyrics in here. There's some great heavy, heavy on the guitar on this album compared to some other stuff that they've done. I wanted it to be a little bit better though. So it wasn't a perfect album for me and it wasn't my favorite album. History of Paramore for me. Yeah. I I was not a fan of 2000s Paramore. Mm-hmm. Like the, what is the song that Olivia Rodrigo took? The Got Him Where I Want Him Now or whatever? I forgot all about that, but. Uh, uh, now I can't think of the name of the song. Hold on. Misery business. Is Jesus misery Christ, business? really? It's <laughs> fucking misery business. Okay. God damn it. Yeah, so that was like super kind of shitty music to me back then. I did not like it. I didn't even know they still existed until they came out with their 2017 or whatever it was that had, whatever it was, I don't remember the name of that album, but I liked it. I was like, wait, this is the same fucking band? What the hell? All of a sudden over the last year, they're fucking all over YouTube and shit like that because mm-hmm. Haley Williams has an insane stage presence. Yeah, I agree. Fucking insane. Now, I, I'm a little bit bummed after I watched like three or four, I realized that she like choreographs her moves. She does the same. F- I like that she seemed super random and kind of quirky, but she choreographs everything. All of her moves are exactly the same in every... Anyway, that doesn't... Whatever. To be fair about the choreographing, that's also for bandmates to not run into them <laughs> it's fucking rock and roll run into your fucking bandmates all right like she's this big god damn it i also really don't like her lyrics in this album really? i think they're very bad yeah they're terrible this is why is a really really great starting song and i think it establishes the band incredibly well the drummer the kind of twangy guitar that they decide to go uh, really fucking good shit but this album was super boring for me and I wasted too much time going into the history of Paramore. So evil. Uh, what do you think about this? I like this album. I know nothing about Paramore. I, I was, Yay. I am a, a Paramore neophyte. Uh, <laughs> I listened to it. I'm like, fuck, that's pretty good. And then I watched some live performances and I'm like, holy shit, she is the fucking real deal. And they play instruments. They're actually playing yeah. their own instruments. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good album. Of this group of albums, there are a couple that I will listen to moving forward, and this is one of them. Yes. There's an emptiness, the war song, where she just sang war a bunch. It's super compressed, and then the vocals and the verses just feel... That's just it. It just feels empty. And Say Come Saw is the most annoying fucking thing. That's so annoying. French Uh, French lyrics are never great in... (laughs) 
Uh, I have a great uh, review quote from a guy named Matt. We live in a world where this is the best rock album since Lil Yachty. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do, I did find that Haley had said, again, when, while creating this album, that they said they did not want to be a nostalgia band. They didn't want to be playing the same shit at, at every concert that people wanted to hear because it was their hits back in the early 2000s. But I don't think that they did a great job of creating something super new. You know who she reminds me of a little bit? Mid to late era Brandon Boyd from Incubus. Oh, like a yeah. Version of, sure. Uh, yeah. In, like her vocalizations and stuff. Amazing stage presence. She, I think she probably did a oh, lot of Ann yeah. Wilson studying because she reminds me a lot of Ann Wilson too. For my best song, I picked Say Comme Ça. It Shut reminded up. me of, what was no, that? It, no, it, no. Because it reminded me of, that's, you want to hear that. It reminded me of that horrible, what was the horrible movie that we watched? That was a Halloween one. It was the Italian one, and they like cut their face and they all turned Horrible. into the monsters. That was amazing. Wait, yeah, you're comparing Sacum Saw to this. I felt like this song would have fit in the soundtrack of that movie really well. <laughs> what are we even doing with the, ourselves? Uh, what's that guy's name? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm taking all of this yeah. out. <laughs> so Sacum Saw is your favorite song. I did one and a half thumbs. One and a half thumbs. I don't have a best song on this album, but I'll tell you one thing. Sacum Saw is my least favorite song of the year. Fuck you can off. mark it. I can tell you that. So Paramore will we'll see you in the finale. See you in the finale. I'll, I'll, I gave it one thumb down. This actually, this isn't... You're... Oh my God. Not my friend. After all of the fucking Paramore hype this year, because there's been a ton of hype. They're everywhere. I, oh, for I sure. thought this was going to be an amazing album. And it, it's fucking not. Evil, what do, you, what do you got? Best song, This Is Why. I think maybe because I've seen sure. that That's the best song on the album. Live That's the right answer. It's mm, fucking great. Yeah. And yeah. they knock it out of the park Absolutely. when they do it live. Mm -hmm. It's fucking fantastic. I gave it two thumbs up. I really like this album. You had no pre- no, no. So no, no. I think that's another thing that hurt this album for me is that I had seen them perform This Is Why like 10 times before I heard mm -hmm. this album. And mm. to me, that's the honest answer is that's by far the best song on this album. So then it's just like, yeah. you know, you're expecting Downhill something and you get something else. Like do more of that, Paramore. Do more of This Is Why. <laughs> All right, let's go to the last album of the night. It is... Desire, I Want to Turn Into You by Caroline Polachek. Caroline's album got an 8.7 by Pitchfork, a transformative pop experience, a passionate, richly melodic odyssey into the darkest corners of love. Guardians gave it, you guessed it, a four out of five stars. And the ever important and honorable needle drop gave this a strong eight. So never heard of this girl, had either of you? Nope. No. Incredible voice, really easy to like, extremely cheesy music. This sounded like an artist trying to be other artists. There were songs to me that were like, she really wanted to sound like Frau Frau. And then there were songs where she really wanted to, do, she was doing like an Olivia Rodrigo thing. And then there was one song where she was even trying to sound like Rihanna, which is ridiculous. It's a good album. I really do like her voice. It also, this is another super, super fucking obligatory, boring pop. It's just all the same shit that we've been saying about a lot of the albums here. Super copy pasty, super boring, 
that's really all I have on this. I'm just not, just didn't do it for me. I, this album is probably the most vexing of the entire 10 because of how well reviewed it was. And I'm like, I just don't My fucking God. understand why it's not terrible. It's like well-produced pop, mm-hmm. but it's just fucking glowing reviews. And I'm like, I don't, what are you fucking hearing? What are you listening to? I don't understand it. Rolling Stones gave it four out of five. Pop Matters, 10 out of 10. Pace, 9.2 out of 10. Dork, five out of five. DIY, five out of five. Clash, nine out of 10. All Music, four and a half out of five stars. Everybody fucking loved this album. Why? Like, I, I honestly, <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I, and I listened to it again. I'm like, I can't. It's produced very well. She sings great. Nothing about it's memorable to me. I don't know. I maybe I don't know enough about it. Did she like put it all together herself? Is this like did she write all of the stuff herself? I didn't. There's six producers on it. She's yeah, one no, of the listed I, producers, but there's seven people that did it. No, I don't. You're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is your uh, Black Heart Country Club album of this year. It's, Black Heart. No, no because town. like, are people really rabidly supporting this album or do they just review it? Well, I don't, I don't feel like there's like, that's this. true. This isn't like a clamoring as the album of the year sort of thing. No, for this yet. no, it's just like, it's just syrupy pop music. That's very well produced. Like the telegraph 100, the skinny 100 pop matters. One, these are like out like they're yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Rachel, did you get it? No, (laughs) no, I did not. This was so boring. This was a really horrible way to end all these (sighs) listens. I mean, it was, it was a bookend of like the two most boring albums out of the, the bunch. There were some bagpipes in there at some point. So that was kind of a high point for me. I don't, I I just (laughs) can't fucking bagpipes are the high point. Jesus Christ. I can't. This is like music produced by machines. Yeah. Might as well just have AI crank out a bunch of these albums because that's what this shit is. It's a fucking happy meal of music is what Uh, it is. Yes. I love happy meals though. It's different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This album makes me feel old because I just don't care. I said best song is smoke and I don't, if you asked me to say one thing about that song right now, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember any, I don't remember it at all. I was going to give it no thumbs because of how little I paid attention or cared about it until the last song, which is Billions, and it's an offensively terrible song. It's my <laughs> least favorite song of the year. You can mark it right now. Caroline Polachek, I'll see you in the finale. I gave it two <laughs> thumbs down. Uh, oh I don't get it. Uh, I said Sunset would have been a decent Shakira song. 1.5 <laughs> thumbs down. It's not an offensive album, but I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. Might I'll give it one. I'll give it one, one thumb down. Might even be a one for me too. I'll keep it at two. Who cares? Rachel, what about Who you? cares? It's not going to win. I picked Hope Drunk Ever Asking. It's a choir again. (laughs) Yay, choirs. I'm not going to give it any thumbs. It's so forgettable. Like Evil said, it's not offensive. It doesn't, nothing down. All right. That's our 10 albums, everybody. We did it. Uh, Boy, mad a bleh on this one, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. But hey, the year's not over. We got three quarters more to go. Rachel, what is the best album of these 10 that we just did? 100 Gex. It's probably the right answer. Yeah, I think so. That's why I picked it. <laughs> Definitely nobody guessed that for you, though. No. Nope. Uh, Evil, same question. Best album out of these 10? Different answer, same album. 10,000 Gex by 100 Gex. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> 
That's right too. We're both right, just in different ways. Yes. I look, I'm going gorillas. Son of a bitch. Nobody got anything right. We're all idiots. (laughs) With full awareness that if somebody were to ask me which album out of these 10 has a better chance of making it to my finale answers, the answer would probably be 10,000 geeks. But as of right now, I listen to the gorillas uh, more. We're doing a I Don't Get It award. And I think we all just answered it. What is the album that when you were researching this, everybody seemed to fucking love and you... Not you guys didn't love and I didn't get it. Or the reviews or anything. Uh, Your, I don't fucking get it. The last one, the Carolina Polachek, I just amazed at the reviews. I'm like, what reality am I living in here? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Same. Same answer. I want to say Lil Yachty. I don't think most of the audience of a Lil Yachty knows 60 psychedelic rock right and so they're gonna hear that and they're gonna be like holy yeah. fuck holy this shit. is groundbreaking it's not go buy a fucking pink floyd album you idiot. fuck let's sync this album up to wizard of oz and see what happens. <laughs> that's it i have to say though as far as guessing highest and lowest scores because the highest score was a all six thumbs for 10,000 gex nice lowest score was a negative six yola tango your old pal DL guessed them both. Damn. You right. are so smart. The closest after that was uh, 3.75 for the gorillas. We had a blast. Join us next week. It's all four of us. We're back. <gasps> we're doing the same thing we did for the first episode of season three. We all picked a song. We're all talking about it. Extremely excited about all four of these, actually. It's going to be a real fun fucking time. And I'm going to be in Ireland when we record it. Hi. So, hey, how about them, Apple? Why don't you have a Guinness for me while you're there? I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to the fucking place they make it. God get a, damn get it. Get a Guinness Ooh, Extra fun. Cold. Do they do that? That's a different. It's a Guinness Extra Cold. Look it up. Learn something new every day. Evil, I apologize for uh, half of these albums. Ooh, at least. Rachel, I'm Wait. sorry that I didn't love the Paramore album. That's okay. Hey, it wasn't I like I do. I do really, really like their last album way more. I think their last album is way better. We'll see you next time. Good night and good luck.